0: Next episode of the female fist I am super excited to have a really close friend of mine and an amazing athlete she's the two-time provincial champion at well golden glove champion Canadian version provincials so at 60 <laughs> kilograms please welcome Ali Rosen how are you doing Allie hey I'm good so happy to see you virtually. I'm so happy to see you. Honestly, I know this whole thing. Well, actually, so our audience knows she is an athlete under boxing Ontario, but she's currently in Miami, Florida. Yeah. So
1: what's going on there? Like,
0: How is everything yeah. over there?
1: Yeah. Well, like. I'm obviously Canadian. I'm from Ontario. I moved here to go to school, um, I guess, almost five, six years ago now. And it's definitely a lot different here from, I guess, back home. Things are a lot more open. Um, but, you know, still taking improper proper precautions, but definitely missing competing, missing being home. So I guess these I seen I get
0: kinds of like virtual meetings. It's kind of nice to reconnect with the community in some way, especially being so far. <laughs> and what are you taking? Yeah, no,
1: um, yeah well, I did my undergrad and exercise uh, physiology, a bachelor's of science, and then I got my master's in counseling psychology, and then now I'm doing my PhD in sports psychology specifically.
0: Sports psychology. Okay. That is like amazing. You and I were just talking about this five minutes ago. So before we get to that topic, I'm going to rewind just a little bit, just because I want our audience to know a little bit more about you. So can you tell us like why boxing, what made you kind of think like, you know what, I want to step in the ring and I want to give a go at this.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I actually started in like kickboxing, boxing when I was nine and I remember telling my mom, like, my brother and I, my older brother and I used to play fight, and I used to tell my mom, like, I need help, like, okay? I need to know how to, like, win at these, like, fights, so I think they put me in, like, kickboxing or martial arts, and I did that for a while, and then just accidentally, when I was, like, I think 14 or 15, just entered a, um, just a boxing tournament, and, you know, I ended up winning the whole thing, and I was, like, I really like this, and I think I'm a lot better at this than I am at kickboxing, so that's a mean the switch <laughs> to boxing and then it's been that way almost 10 years now
0: you know what I didn't even know that about you I've been like really good friends with you for a long time and I didn't even know that you started with kickboxing first
1: yeah I actually have my black belt in North American martial arts like I started in like martial arts and then kickboxing and then then I like did a boxing fight and like that was it I never went back to kickboxing after that
0: so why like martial arts though? Because like, I know your parents, your parents are super sweet and I can't picture like your parents having like, just like fighting like stuff on TV or something.
1: Yeah, like I don't think they like really wanted that. I think they were imagining like karate and it just <laughs> turned out that way. As Scarlett knows, my mom has never seen me box. Yeah, I have 80 something fights and my mom has never seen me box. She comes, she's very supportive. But she stands outside and then she waits till the fight's over. My dad texts her and she comes in and she watches the decision. That's it. <laughs> she's yeah, there. I
0: remember at the Silver Gloves, we were like in the um, in the rec center or whatever that place was called. And I was oh, like, yeah. coming in, she's like, no, I'm going to stay out here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so she shows her support. She's there. She's in the building. She's just yeah. not watching. <laughs> I, mean, I guess I couldn't watch my daughter either, though, to be honest. I'm, I am i have a time no I'd be all I'd
1: be all about it
0: punch her out (laughs) I'd I'd be like oh
1: I don't know I don't know if that's true because I think when other people are fighting like my friends I get more nervous than when I'm fighting like because I feel like I'm not in control like when I watch you fight I get more anxious than when I go to fight (laughs) you know
0: like people I care about watch remember at nationals when we were watching each other like oh my god that the screaming and the hurrahs and everything
1: oh my god what an experience when I show people my videos, I'm like, ignore the girl that's screaming in the background of the studio. Because you get just so like, that's
0: my girl, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, like, yeah, so I didn't know that because it's funny. My dad, he actually started me off with K1 kickboxing as well at Combat Arts. And we made the transition to boxing because he needed help with the female sparring for his mm-hmm. boxing athletes. So like, that's how I made that transition over. But like, that's funny. I didn't know that we had that in common.
1: Yeah, I don't think I could throw a kick in my life dependent on it now. <laughs> I like my feet firmly on the ground and yeah. turning them over to punch. That's it.
0: Need <laughs> As much leverage as we get off the ground at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. So you're in Miami right now for school. And, you know, you started your boxing journey. You come back. I think that's how you do it. You kind of come back for the major tournaments, right?
1: Yeah, I was... Before, I was home almost twice a month for tournaments for the big tournaments for Brampton Cup, silver gloves golden gloves nationals um sometimes I come back just to train to you know um to spar and sometimes for shows for club shows if it was a good match you know I was back you know I love to see my family I love to be home I would be in my country you know mm-hmm. I would yeah, I would try and schedule my classes so I didn't have classes like Friday Saturday I didn't start to late on Monday so I'd be able to come to like all the tournaments and it was a big adjustment, you know, when everything got shut down, not only not competing and traveling like that, but also not seeing my family and yeah. not being home, not having Tim Hortons. It's been a little rough. <laughs> not
0: not having Tim Hortons. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, the coffee's gone down great anyways. Oh no,
1: I I, <laughs> roll up the rim or anything, or is that like not cool? We, we got roll
0: up the rim. Okay. I'm And like rim, I don't
1: know. <laughs>
0: say that one more time my camera kind of went a little botched
1: oh no I was just saying I feel like it's not COVID sanity oh with the little like roll up the rim like you know it's like germs I don't know it seems like everyone (laughs) going
0: to (laughs) extreme So you do like a lot of back and forth from Florida to Ontario. Does that like, how does that affect your training? Like, do you feel kind of different? Like when you're coming off the plane, for example, like, do you get like, uh, like, does jet lag at all bother you when you're like going back and forth? for? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I would try and plan things like the best that I could. I think the hardest was um just with weight cuts too because i noticed on the plane like i would retain water sometimes just from you know the altitude and that was one of my bigger stressors you know just being like is that weight before i got on this plane four pounds heavier like what do i do right
0: right um
1: but the time zone's the same so you know that you know was never really a problem um you know, managing, you know, school, you know, working, training, traveling. It definitely was a lot, but like, it's just something I'm so passionate about. And like, I, I I never really noticed it to be draining like that, just the weight that was like the most stress.
0: (laughs) Of course, it, I I totally feel like every time I go to Florida, I feel like a balloon just just from the flight. And then you were like to hot climb and I just, Oh, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: yeah, and, like, that's just how dedicated I am to the sport and dedicated to my, you know, career. And, like, I think being in boxing in a young age, like, it really installed, like, the characteristics that, like, to be successful, to be ambitious, to be determined, to be resilient, to, like, push through and, like, to have heart, you know? And I think that that's what makes up a great athlete and a great boxer. Absolutely.
0: And I totally agree with you. And the discipline that you have to do, because you're not, you know – in college for business or you know these kinds of programs like you're in university for your your, your md like you're a doctor like this is yeah the- well
1: that's what i was originally my undergrad i was pre-med so i got my bachelor's of science exercise physiology and microbiology then i did my math in counseling psychology and then now i'm getting my phd in sportology. i decided not to go md For multiple reasons, but more so I'm really passionate about helping people and you know psychology and linking my passion for boxing and sports into you know sports psychology and working with athletes. And I think sometimes people think sports psychology is like limited to just athletes, but it's for anyone like mental performance to improve at work, to be just your best self, to achieve your goals, to you know, sports psychology really it's more like performance psychology. It applies to so many things.
0: Absolutely. And that's, see, this is probably why we're good friends, because I eventually want to get my master's in sports psychology because I firmly believe what you say. I'm probably not going to do like, well, you were just talking to me about this really amazing technique that we're going to get more into. I kind of want to go into more of the counseling of performance training and performance coaching and getting uh, athletes mentally prepared, like, you know, whatever. But you are doing something very unique that I've never heard about before. Can you kind of elaborate on it?
1: Yeah, and I just think it's so great that you're doing that because I think a lot of people will agree that boxing is like probably 80 to 90% and the rest is boxing technique, training, you know, because. uh...
0: Sorry, Ali, I'm losing you again. You're frozen. Ali. Yeah, I can hear you okay you can hear me okay perfect I'm so sorry can you say that no
1: no 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 I was just saying that you know I think at the level that you and I have like competed at you know everyone's an elite athlete everyone's in you know has the skills everyone's trained you know the thousands of hours the cardio the technique and what really decides I think on that day is who's mentally prepared to perform you know to their best and that's why I think there's so much value in in psychology and sports psychology and um yeah and then I guess what I use I'm trained in it's called EMDR therapy and it's eye movement desensitization reprocessing and uh which is a very long name um (laughs) but (laughs) that's why we say EMDR it was originally um designed to treat people um suffering with PTSD post-traumatic stress but now it's being used for like a multitude of uh disorders or just challenges even you know like a, a performance anxiety um depression um addiction all these things and athletes are really utilizing it um just because you can hear my dog squeaking in the background <laughs> <laughs> we froze it. Yeah, no. there we go we're good we're we froze good. it again yeah we no no we're good now um Okay. Uh, I was trying to think where I left off. Um, Yeah. And just uh, basically it uses bilateral stimulation. So you'll see eye movements, um, sounds that basically help your brain um, reprocess uh, events. So athletes that experience blocks, athletes, um, you know, with anxiety, athletes, you know, coming back from injury. Um, It basically helps reprocess, you know, your thoughts so that your brain basically makes sense of it on its own. And it really becomes like, you know, that muscle memory, but for your brain, it was the best way I can just try and sum it up.
0: (laughs) That makes total sense. And that's just, I'm just amazed that, you know, technology and research has advanced to this level. This is why you see these elite athletes nowadays, because of these kinds of, like, is this a new, I've never heard of
1: it before. Is this really new or? It's it's relatively new. Uh, It kind of was more in the eighties when they started you know, experimenting with it. And now it's becoming more popular and especially more popular with athletes. Yeah, absolutely. really. I think as athletes, we know the power of meditation and visualization. And this is a way of really ingraining it in your brain. Like our right side of our brain is much more images and emotions and sensations, which we all experience and we all have, you know, and then it takes it to the left side of the brain to process it adaptively in a way that's going to benefit us to get the results that we want. So it's using our brain's own machinery to basically drive the results that we want
0: that's just incredible I'm so amazed by this and I really wish you were here in Ontario so I could just see you all the time and see this you know
1: <laughs> yeah, well I have a lot of my friends here you know that athletes and um, a really good friend um, Kate Hastings she's a world champion in, in uh, jiu-jitsu and I did a couple sessions with her before the world championships and I remember when she won I watched her win gold and I remember her coming off the mats and hugging me and being like I'm capable I knew I was capable it was the EMDR like thank you thank you and I was like no 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 it's like your hours of training and work and you know everything in the heart that she puts into it but she really felt like it was a major component for her that changed her jujitsu and changed her game to allow her to get to that level
0: well it makes sense because like you said and I totally agree like 90% 90% of it is mental when you're going into these kinds of things because coming into these competitions, it's not like the girls, or sorry, I should say athletes, just in general, when you're going to nationals, you're not having people that have like five matches or five bouts. You're having people that qualify to be at that level as well. So we're mm-hmm. all training hard. We're all getting physically in the best f- f- shape of our life, you know, mm-hmm. and it's small things that are going to make the difference. But the biggest thing. Is the mental game and going in there like believing yourself that of your capabilities usually when you see two fighters especially in the finals of nationals mm-hmm. the best fights ever they're going like toe-to-toe and it's really hard to just des- to determine sometimes unless you know one athlete just has an obvious advantage but sometimes it's so hard to determine like who has that extra edge mm-hmm. and it's always the person who just wanted it just a little bit more so I mean, yeah believe in themselves a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I think there's a level of like belief too. I think everyone knows, oh, you got to believe in yourself, be confident in your game and, you know, and with the EMDR, I think it helps, you know, um, close that disconnect sometimes where we know it, but we don't feel it. And when we don't feel it, you don't take it to that level. It's like, oh, it's there's a difference between I want to win and like, I know I'm capable of winning. I know I'm capable of performing. And it really consolidates that and in your mind that like there's no doubt like you really feel it the same way I tell you the sky is blue like you're like yep, it's blue the same way you know that you're good enough you're capable you are you know deserving of good things like you know as an athlete like people think oh sports psychology only deal with like you know visualization for the sport and training and, and pressures of being an athlete it's every part an athlete's a human being at the end of the day and things that we experience and how we make sense of our world and our relationships and who we're around and what we absorb is just as important and to be incorporated in, in the, in the process of, you know, bringing that athlete to their peak performance, mental and physical.
0: It's absolutely amazing I'm like so excited to hear about this I'm so excited to know that this is out there and I'm really excited to see you so I could be like can you do this magic stuff on me please I'm really curious.
1: <laughs> I have so many people be like is this hypnotism it's not hypnotism first of all <laughs> like when you say that like are people like this looks like hypnotism I'm like it's not trust me. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like hypnotism.
0: <laughs> are you frozen again? Oh please don't tell me you're frozen okay there we go perfect. I'm so sorry, my internet, it's going off on me today <laughs> <laughs> Well, like thank you for sharing that with me. I'm sure a uh, lot okay, of okay. this, this is the time. right? I'm sure like a lot of people are going to be super interested in hearing about this, and I know that they're probably going to feel comfortable reaching out to you about your practice. You know everybody knows your name is Ali Rosen) <sighs>
1: Yeah, and like, please reach out to me on Instagram. It's the same Allie Rosen, well, Allie underscore Rosen, um, 96. You can DM me any questions you have about EMDR. I think there's a few people I know in Ontario, well, at least where I'm from, I think in Kingston, I think there's one person that does it. Um, you know, obviously I'm in Miami. I do it for everyone. There is an online platform, but we got to try and figure out the logistics of that. But, you know, people who are interested or have questions, like I'd love to, I love talking about it. I'm super passionate about it. Well, it's an
0: amazing thing. And I really hope that you do get some buzz because I think that this is a great opportunity for athletes to really take advantage of somebody who knows what they're talking about and is passionate about it. Can I ask you something though? It's a little bit coming back to the boxing. So you've had fights in both Ontario and uh, Miami. So do you notice a difference with like the competitions and like how they regulate the fights?
1: Um yeah I've actually fought all over the U.S. um when I was in college <laughs> when I was in college I went to the University of Miami for my undergrad and we actually had a boxing team and we would travel and compete um with other universities and other colleges wow. um Wait, so yeah. boxing through university yeah which is really cool yeah it's USA Boxing it's called um USIBA which is United States Intercollegiate
0: Wait a second, your audio is off.
1: No. Well, oh, no, you're good. I can hear you now. Okay. Um I was just saying that um my internet connection's unstable now. Wow. Um <laughs> I was just saying that um with USA Boxing, they have like a sub um organization called um, U.S. IBA, which is um, U.S. Intercollegiate Boxing Association. So colleges in the U.S. would create teams and we would have tournaments and uh, fights. And it was a way to like travel and like travel for boxing and meet other students that are, you know, passionate about boxing and competing. I was in University of Michigan, UCLA, um, Virginia Tech, like all over the U.S. And it was a really cool experience. And... Um, in terms of it being different than being back home in, in Ontario and how Boxing Ontario and other Canadian uh, organizations, you know, uh, run it. It's pretty similar in terms of we're all under Aiba. So, you know, the rules are very similar. Um, you know, I feel like in the U.S. I seen a much more uh, pro style of boxing, more prominent. You know, I feel like is when I really started competing, you know, with Boxing Ontario and Boxing Canada and spending most of my time back home in Canada that I saw really that Olympic style of boxing and that scoring. Whereas I feel like in the US, it was a much more leaning towards that professional style. And then they also favored more, you know, using the the 10-9 scoring, more of a professional scoring too.
0: Wow, so that's really interesting, and I love learning more about you. I mean, we're such good friends, and I had no idea that you were, like, fighting all over the states like that. I didn't even know that you could box at the university, because here, like, that's not heard of, right? Like, boxing yeah. is not a thing that they incorporate, really, with the uh, universities or colleges, so I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, it was, it is great, and even some of the um guys that I was friends with that were in college, and we boxed together, like, we're still friends now, the gym I train at now, a lot of the it's mostly um boxers you know to be honest they're all professional now they turn professional boxers and like it's just so cool to like we're all like um like alumni then also boxers it's just, like another connection you know it's so great
0: right and so like now for yourself like you're in miami and as you said like things are a lot more over open over there as opposed to over here like are mm-hmm. you like you're training i'm assuming right because it's more open over there
1: might get in trouble for saying this.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no, it's open, right?
0: Legally, they're open over there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is open. The boxing gyms, you know, we're open. We're sparring. You know, we do take precautions. You know, in terms of like, if you're not actually actively, you know, training, that you know, like coaches wear masks. You know, we train and get COVID tested. You know, the gyms that I go to spar at every two weeks, COVID tested um you know taking precautions but overall like we're able to to train
0: perfect okay yeah and so I heard your last part perfect so like that's that's (laughs) great that you have the opportunity but okay so since you are still Canadian you know you are represented under Boxing Ontario how does that work for internationally like are you allowed right now like let's say they have boxing shows over there can you compete in a boxing show in Miami right now? Or like, how does that work for you?
1: No, um, because, you know, I am under Boxing Ontario. My book, um, my book is a Boxing Canada book, you know, that's, you know, I don't have any affiliation and therefore to box in the U.S. I would require a travel permit and Boxing Canada is not, you know, letting, you know, letting that because they don't really want people to travel due to the COVID restrictions although I'm here for school, like, I'm stuck here.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Um, funny. You think that there'd be, like, kind of an exception because you live there. Like, you're not, like, coming back and forth.
1: Yeah, I would, you know, I've thought about that, but I also know that a lot of people would probably start talking. It would cause conflict, and, like, people would be upset. Like, I do think that perhaps there should be an exception because there are events happening down here. Um, Not a lot. Like, there is some going on, and, like, you know, I would like to, I'm preaching to fight, you know, it's been, it's been a while for us, but I also understand that those are the rules and that's my like sanctioning body and like to respect that and just hope that we, you know, competing soon.
0: I know it's it's really, really devastating on so many athletes, especially here in uh, Canada. Like I know there was an athlete, um, she's from Alberta. She has a Polish citizenship, citizenship and she actually oh. went to Poland For all of 2020 and had 25 amateur bouts in poland
1: no really i'm jealous (laughs) i'm jealous
0: too but so i'm thinking like you know she had the uh permit from boxing alberta maybe because she stayed there so i mean who knows maybe it's something to look into maybe because you yeah i mean you're not going to come back here. there's no point if you got your school out there and like you're able to train and everything out there
1: yeah and that's the hard thing is like I've been wanting to come back I miss my family you know like minimally you know but the the two-week quarantine I just like I just can't bring myself to do it right now yeah you know like it's two weeks not training two weeks you know not seeing anyone being by myself you know I just feel like I want to you know of course miss my family terribly but it's just like for my mental health like I'm not sure I could like bring my like do and that.
0: I totally understand that I think I would probably be in the same boat as you and the nice thing too is in Miami you have the beach
1: yeah you <laughs> got the beach got the sunshine you know I'm really grateful like to have the opportunity down here for school and to chain and you know and be in a place that you know is more open but at least there's sunshine and like you know I think it's really important that people don't lose sight of like it's important to connect with people and it's important to get fresh air. It's important to exercise. Like, you know, don't let the fear of this, you know, virus that's very serious, but to prioritize your mental health, because, you know, if you don't have mental health, your, your physical health is going to suffer if it's not from, you know, COVID suffer in other ways Absolutely. and to really find safe ways to still take care of yourself.
0: I totally agree. I think that a lot of people forget that, You have to still have a strong body throughout this. And when you isolate yourself into a closed space, you're not getting, as you said, vitamin D, uh, fresh air, uh, the lack of social interaction that, as you said, will affect your mental health, which will in turn affect your Mm -hmm. physical health. And that's how people get sick easier or more susceptible to things. You have to get that fresh air. You have to get good nutrients in your body. You have to eat good food. Like you need to have that social interaction with your family and friends. It's just, you know, so important. And especially athletes, we all know this very well because our bodies are what's carrying us through our sport. And it's so unfortunate right now what's going on, but I'm really happy to hear that you have, you know, things going for you right now in Miami. Like it's unfortunate you can't compete, which, you know, maybe there might be something we can do about that, but like, at the end of the day, that's good that you have, you know, access to your gym and you can train and you can do all these things. So what are your like, I wanna say, let's say COVID ended tomorrow. Let's just say hypothetically, everything reopened. Everything was like full force, like Ali, you can compete. We're all competing anywhere, anytime. What are your goals for the sport of boxing, especially with the kind of career that you're going into?
1: Oh, are we frozen? Oh no, We're good. Um, are we frozen? No, we're not. <laughs> um, you know, really, um, really like I wanted to like you know I've been trying to pursue the Olympics like with you. I feel like we've been on this journey together and you know so many good memories and you know I would still like to do that and like that was where my heart was was at. You know, after that last nationals that we had, I was still like in that mindset and you know then COVID happened and then. I saw a lot of my friends, my training partners, you know, that are professional and they were able to fight. And so I was like, well, if I'm not going to be able to fight, like maybe I'll turn pro and then that way I'll have the opportunity to do so. Um, But then that provides some complications with me being in Miami and being a student and like working visa and all these complications. And, you know, um, I really just come to the, you know, I guess the realization to just be patient and to you know when things open up because they're going to you know positive mindset. Um, you know <laughs> to go back you know to go back to you know our 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 circuit at, at Boxing Ontario and you know work towards like the next Olympics.
0: Yeah, and you know what that's such a amazing like you got this great resilience about you and this really high intellectually concepted mindset going into this because with this COVID, everything is so uncertain there's a lot of people that have been suffering from mental health because we don't know like what's going on when are we going to reopen like are we going to reopen this year or was it going to be for the next you know people are saying like five years some people say this is like completely this is it like this is what it's going to be from now on going forward for the rest of whatever but I am on the same page as you. I think that's great that you found that like peace and that patience. Cause that's what we, that's all we can do right now is just be patient. And the good thing is you're not alone. You know, it's not just you, right? It's everybody. We're kind of all working together, trying to get through this together. So that's a good thing too.
1: Yeah. And you know, everything's happening for you, I think is the best thing. Like, you know, even things that we don't understand or we don't like life is happening for us you know, in terms of, you know, what our path is and to be patient and to, to trust in the process.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know what, Alec, can you tell me again what that thing is that, that you do uh, professionally? What is that called again?
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, it's, well, it's just an intervention. It's called EMDR therapy, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing.
0: Okay. That's amazing. So everybody take note of that. Thank you so much, Ali, for taking the time to do this. I'm really sorry for the internet going back and forth and the freezing, but I no, would love so to catch up with you. And it was so awesome to hear your perspective in all this. And I'm super interested in that, what you're telling me about. And I think that we're going to talk more privately about that because I'm going to see what I could do to get more information.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And thank you for doing this. Like, I think this podcast, program- is so great connecting everyone and learning about everyone's like story you know as you said we we're talking before you know we're all competitors we see each other as competitors and boxers and we don't really know like everyone's you know story of what brought them to boxing what brings us together and i just think it's really great your platform that you're creating
0: thank you so much ali i really appreciate that well thank you everybody for joining us and stay tuned for next week's episode on the female fist thank you ali thanks